What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to a weekend editions here. It's Hale Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, birthday man, Elijah Herbal. Hey, how yeah. old are you, Elijah? That's 20, great. 22, which is like... It's 20 like, what? 22. Oh my God. But it's, it's, like, a, it's like a lame birthday. The 22nd it's, birthday. There is somebody because that is going to be popping out of a cake... That is open to uh, to tips and cash later before I the you show I quit ends. Doing that, I quit doing that when I put on the forty pounds. <laughs> no, this one's name is Sh- is is uh, Cinnamon. And, oh, and, wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Starting early this morning, Cinnamon. Yeah. You bring over bubbles. Hey, what's the bath without bubbles? Hey. Uh, we all need a bath after this fiasco known as Nebraska Oklahoma oh, yesterday. For the love of sweet Lord. I know. <laughs> there was a seven hour window of. I was like shaking my keyboard yesterday. When feeling I- like the greatest thing ever was taken away from you, and that is Nebraska, <sighs> Oklahoma football. That you don't get the day after Thanksgiving anymore. You don't get every two years anymore. You get every so often, right? And the last time Nebraska played Oklahoma, 2010 Big 12 championship, just like the good Lord intended. Roy Halu goes off. Couple of bad decisions by T Magic in the red zone, a twenty-three to twenty soul crusher. But that was then. You fast forward to twenty twelve. Coach Osborne's able to knock out, take a phone call, and uh, re up and uh, get Nebraska Oklahoma on the board to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary for the game of the century. We're going to be down there. Well, thank God we're still going to be down there for it. Uh, Uncle Andy is going to take the RV down. We're going to go see Uncle Barry, and it's going to work out. Cranach, I reached out to to two guys that are are Oklahoma football yesterday, Mm -hmm. and just a a quick couple of text messages with Switzer, and uh, 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 a check-in with Dean Blevins, who you know, he's hosted the Lincoln Riley show, hosted the Barry Switzer show, hosted the Bob Stoops show. So, I mean, Dean Blevins is Mr. OU football. And they both were kind of like, Chris, you've been drinking? <laughs> They're just like, what? <laughs> you've been, when you've been you were drinking already? Yeah, it's like, hey, wh- what's going on with this? What's the deal here? Is is, is Nebraska trying to get out of, of, of Oklahoma and Nebraska? What are you guys hearing? And th- So they hadn't even heard. I mean, like, Blevins, like, I, I thought I heard something about that, but I didn't really pay too much attention to it. And then, I, and then you know, the, 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 the Brett McMurphy tweet uh, was like, oh, so we'll, we'll check in with Blevins on this whole situation Monday. 
Uh, and, you got to be careful of getting Oklahoma disinformation. This reminds me of you checking in with the Kremlin in some ways. Just be careful. Well, but no, Barry's first reaction was first I'd heard of it, but you got to think there's financial implications behind this. Not only obvious, obviously the million dollar buyout, but you know where Barry was going was, you know, our our team's going to be looking at, at adding more home games. And, you know, a few a few hours later, I mean, Barry was the first to raise his hand and said, look, bro, I got tested a thousand times for covid during this lockdown. He's 84 now. And he just, you know, with this pandemic was just super ultra cautious, right, with his health. And the first thing that came to his mind is the financial ramifications and that's part of what you got with Bill Moose's statement saying, look, we did explore an eighth home game to try and mitigate and, and offset some financial uh, issues that the university and, and the state and the, the, the great state of Nebraska and the city of Lincoln have, have, have felt with, with COVID. So that reasoning's yeah. not horrible. But you don't trade out Oklahoma, period, for right. for Popsicle State. You you just no. don't do it. And Dude. and Moose is too smart of a football guy to to do that. And and my my question is this: Did Moose act alone on this? And I can't think there's any way he would have. And I, I come back to Nebraska football. I look at Scott Frost and. Where the hell's this team's confidence at? All well and good that you want to put more money in people's pocket, right? But when it comes to the opportunity of a tier one game against your measuring stick opponent your entire football life, when it comes Pretty down much to a reason why you're even here, if you think about it, right, it was 1971. Devaney was kicking yeah. ass and taking names in the 60s and into the 70s. But you get would that Nebraska be Nebraska without Oklahoma. Nebraska would not be Nebraska without the game of the century win yeah. that is still listed as a top five or top ten college football game ever with seventy million viewers back in nineteen seventy one. And you had the build up, the promotion, the wow factor. People got hooked on college football because of the game of the century. People got hooked on Nebraska because they won. And Johnny Rogers, Johnny Rogers uh, tore them loose from their shoes. It was wow. And Nebraska, because of guys like Osborne and beyond, have, they've, they've been good. They've been great. And part of that greatness was achieved by being able to vanquish Oklahoma or at least be in the game against Oklahoma. And you can't look yourself in the mirror and have a backbone and say, you know, three and a half hour ass kicking that might happen on September eighteenth. That's gonna hurt. Let's oh, uh, and it will. Let's 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 find yeah. a way out of that. Guess what? You no. got now a six month butt kicking that you're gonna take publicly. Yeah. In the college football circles, whenever football's brought up, whenever we get close, oh, you know they tried to opt out. That's your 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 scarlet letter. Moving Dude. forward, and it's it's have, horrific. You, you, it's inexcusable. It's embarrassing, and I, I I am I I feel sorry for Nebraska football this morning because the kids don't deserve that. They want to play in big games like this. The fans want games like this. 
And I, I hope, and I, I would go around the assistant coaches' offices, they want to get their kids ready for it. But, man, you've got a crisis of confidence it feels like going on right now. Quick, stupid, radio guy, knee-jerk reaction to yesterday, Cranach. you gotta, you got to live it, man. You, you have to live what you're preaching. And they have been preaching. They, they've been preaching. They've been talking. You know, no, no fear of failure. We'll play anybody. We'll go to Uzbekistan. Play anyone, anytime. And then you have made moves all in the last few months that fly right in the freaking face of that. Mm. And so, and that, that makes that, that breaks trust with the fan base, with the team, with everybody around it. You, 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 so you say that you'll go anywhere, you'll play anyone, you'll, you'll play in Uzbekistan. Doesn't matter. We just want to play ball. We just want to play ball. We just want to play ball. Then you don't go to a bowl game. And you you did a year ago. And you did a year ago. And you did a year ago, right? You were so right on point. Yeah, fighting to play ball. You you opt out of going to a bowl game. Mm -hmm. Now you have a chance. Here's the thing. When did it change to? And this is a myopic. Oklahoma will be a prohibitive multi, you you know, double digit favorite. They're going to kill a lot of people next year. Some some people think they're <laughs> they just are. yeah. So some folks think they're they're they are the title contender. Right? Sure, could be. They're, they're in every they're a consensus top five. You got Spencer Rattler coming back. You got all your receivers coming back. You got your defensive line coming back. Got to do a little plug and play on the offensive line. You got a an, a COVID opt out returning at running back. Like you're, they're going to be a juggernaut. They're going to be awesome. They're going to be good. And it used to be, not too long ago that this program and this team would relish the opportunity to take on a team of, of that caliber and go show what it can do. That's what Nebraska was built on. Like, oh, yeah, you're, you're top five. You, you got all the high-profile athletes. Let's go. Right? And had that sort of defiance about it that it would, would love to take on those kind of programs. Now you're trying to duck out. Like what? And look, the whole idea of doing it for financial reasons to give a boost to the economy, maybe to give a couple like a little more scratch to the athletic department. Mm -hmm. Noble as that is. Look, there's something there. Okay, I'm not saying that's nothing. But there needs to be a five second rule at the university there. And and this goes back to I course and like. The, and the five-second rule needs to be, okay, when you're sitting in the boardroom and the meeting uh, a, agenda item comes up and it says, hey, how about we um, how about we get rid of the Nebraska-Iowa game on Black Friday? Who took seven bong hits and thought that was a great idea? It, it, right? Like, it, that needs to be nothing more than a five-second discussion of like, <laughs> hell no. That's a great That's way a to open the meeting idea. up with a joke. Yeah, like that's just a bad idea. No, we're not. It's a five-second discussion. And how that even gets more than a five-second discussion and actually became a reality and actually changed the schedule and then now you're going back. Like, that should have been just a five-second discussion. Same with this. Who, whoever brought this up in the boardroom, I don't know if it's Scott and Matt and Bill. I don't know who's all in that room. But, like, it should have been five seconds. It shouldn't have ever gotten to this point. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Should not have leaked out 
to a prominent member of the college football media prompting a response from the Oklahoma athletic director. Then hours of silence from the university as they scramble to figure out what to do. Damage control. Like you could have avoided all of that with a five second rule. They're just being like, if you say it out loud and there is sort of any doubt within five seconds about how ridiculous the, the thing that we're considering is here, then it's over. Like, as soon as that came up, as soon as it was, hey, how about on the 50-year anniversary of the game of the century, how about we pull out of that game to play Old Dominion mm-hmm. at home? One second, two second. <laughs> Hell no. That is stupid. We're not going to do that. We're going to get it's a win. by our fans. It's a boost for the local and state economy. It's a not embarrassing ball. Uh, okay, I mean these are these are the guys that are a hey, good idea. Whoever, this is why it's a good idea. And then yeah. immediately there should be broken glass. Table flips over. No, yeah, because look, selling crack will boost your your income. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's a it, good idea. It'll help you lose weight. It'll keep you from the <laughs> dentist. <laughs> You're taking up. A methamphetamines habit <laughs> will do wonders for your weight loss. Doesn't mean you should do it. You have a bunch of new girlfriends. <laughs> Come on. Just, just so we're clear here, this report like came out. It was totally from Oklahoma, right? It just makes so much sense that Oklahoma, here's, here's, Oklahoma here's, would go. Here's, here's how this, this goes, I would think. Cranach and Elijah, you can call BS on it or not, but here's here's one of two avenues, Okay. You got the coaching fraternity and the AD fraternity, and if somebody in the Max getting a phone call, right, or if Old Dominion's getting a phone call, or who else was mentioned, right? There's some other team out there I'm forgetting. But hey, uh, do you guys want to come to Lincoln for a paycheck for a, a million five? Let's just say that's the number. Sure, but don't you guys have a date with Oklahoma? Well, yeah, but we're maybe thinking about getting out of that. This is just a hypothetical discussion. Sure, let us get back to you on that. Hey, you know, Joe, uh, yeah, just got off the horn with Nebraska. They're thinking about playing us and paying us for September 18th. Are you guys wanting out of that game? What in the bloody hell are you talking about? We have festivities upon festivities planned for the game of the century. No. Huh? What? Let me call Bill. And that's how this starts. You have a conversation between the ADs, and it's laid out there. Hey, we might be thinking about this. Or, no, I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, well, your phone call's recorded. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, listen, that's how it gets to that point. And eventually, if you're Oklahoma, you fire up some sort of communication to to McMurphy, who's an OU grad, and say, hey, you might want to help us out here and put Nebraska on blast so they are shamed into keeping their commitment. And that's what this is, right? You are shamed into keeping your commitment because you kind of got caught trying to worm your way out of a game in the name of embarrassment. You're more embarrassed about the three and a half hours versus the big picture of the next six months and beyond 
Every time Nebraska, Oklahoma, it's brought up now. It's not two awesome rivals that shaped college football. It's, well, it's two awesome rivals that shaped college football. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Nebraska wanted to, 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 to tap out because they're afraid of getting beat down. That's, that's what this has turned into now. So, yeah, oh, this has got to be from Oklahoma to, to leverage Nebraska, in my opinion. And uh, I'm not a huge Brett well, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge Brett McMurphy guy. But you said shame them. Good on it. Because you know what? There is shame. <laughs> There's still. There's even, shame. Even, to even have this, this come up yeah, as, an op- as, as an option. Yeah. You should be ashamed if you're Nebraska. So, like, you can only get shamed if you did something shameful. <laughs> right? Right. And, like, it's shameful. You should not – the fact that we're even discussing this is great. By the way, this is another thing about like the perils of social media. So like anybody else, anybody out there that like just wasn't on Twitter or Facebook or whatever yesterday, like just avoided all this stress for no reason, right? It's just sort of like, oh, wait, Nebraska is uh, playing Oklahoma. Oh, Cr- they're still playing Oklahoma. Cranach, okay, it doesn't <laughs> just because just because the game's still on doesn't mean it goes away. There's a bigger there's a bigger picture discussion totally. problem to, to get into where you have a team that has nine starters back on defense, has a fourth year starter at quarterback, has a pretty good offensive line, has talent in the running back room. All of that is traveling this year. All of that is supposed to still go up and compete against Iowa, still, still supposed to go up and compete against Northwestern. Spill still has a chance to, to to touch gloves with Wisconsin. There's a season beyond Oklahoma. And either what you've recruited and developed is making you nervous or you're worried right now about backlash and getting to six and six and getting a bowl game. That's the bigger, not just bigger, but that's another point of contention. And I go and I go back to confidence, and I go back to what you said earlier: living what you preach. How much of that's going on, and how much of that is is going on and being accepted and, and used by the kids going through the the winter conditioning now, and how much of it is just white noise right now from your head coach? Everything he says and does or touches on. What are you believing from him? Well, and bro, I, yeah, exactly. And look, year four, yeah. I tweeted like in jest. Okay, like I, this was in jest in like, I think it was like January 1st, 2018. And just retweeted it this week. But it was something along the lines of, wow. Uh, here, let me, let me just find it here real quick. Mm-hmm. It was something like, here it is. NU Frost against OU Riley. This is January 1st, 2018. NU Frost versus OU Riley in 2021 will feature 5 million yards. By somebody. And this is on the day, of course, that Oklahoma was playing in a bowl game and putting up 5 million yards. Um, And then as a joke, especially with Jebbia and or Martinez as seniors, I like NU's chances. As long as McQuitty doesn't declare for the draft as a junior. (laughs) Yeah, that was... Two of the three people (laughs) are no longer with the program. But (laughs) but listen, but but think about that, though. At that time, 
say January 1st, 2018, a couple weeks after the Frost hires announced, as you're watching Oklahoma on New Year's Day, it's 2021 was you know, four years away, basically, right? Like, the, what I was talking about wasn't that outlandish to imagine at that time. Right? It wasn't. It was, oh my God. You got, you got Frost, who just put up got 50 points a game at UCF, undefeated, ridiculous numbers, led the conference, top five in the country offensively, crazy tempo. Here's Oklahoma doing it too. Wow, 2021 is going to be a showdown, right? Like it, it had all, everything was pointing that direction. And then here we are, four years later, and one side's trying to duck out. How close did we? Get, how, how how close did we really get to this? Come on, man! Is my it's question. Like, and dude, why can't we be expe- like? It's also here we are, year four of 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 Frost and this whole thing, and it's a foregone conclusion that Oklahoma is going to just donkey stomp Nebraska. Foregone conclusion. Not saying I agree with it, but I I've not heard anybody. <laughs> I've not heard a single person been like, "Hey, roll the ball out there, see what happens." Everybody's just like, "Oh God, that's going to be a you know what?" Total ass I I was, I still want to see it, right? I, I, I still want to I still want to see the the black shirts. I still want to see where the offense is at. Go see where you're at. Guess what? Oklahoma, fifty years later, is still a measuring stick game. It's, yeah. it still well, is, and, and, it, and it's yeah. uh, it, it's okay. To fail. It's okay to get blown out. It's okay to, you know, I mean, the last time Nebraska was down there and the, and the Sooners were at, at this level, think about the Sam Bradford game, you know, Bo's first year, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, eight where first play of the games, the old bubble screen pick six, good night, you know, 62 to 28, and it got it. It, it, it sucked, but you bounced back the year later and Sue and company won 10 to 7, and that kicked off a, a, a Big 12. Yeah. title game run against Texas. I mean, it, you can get better. This isn't a, a lasting branding of, well, Oklahoma might might trounce you. Doesn't mean you can't get even with them and get better a, a year from that moment. And that's where this program's at. We know it's being rebuilt. We know it's still accumulating talent. We know it's still losing talent. Nico Cooper in the transfer portal. But you've got a head coach and assistants that do really good things, okay? I know it's been really choppy. I know it's been up and down. I know there's been tough, close losses. I know you're waiting for kind of a breakthrough. But these guys are are capable. They're talented. They're good. They're smart, right? They've won before. And it, it's a long-haul process with Nebraska. But this this ain't, this ain't isn't the answer. This This is not the answer. No. To 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 wave the white flag nope. out of fear of embarrassment, and if I'm wrong, it, you got to tell me. But to, for for the for the for the brain well, why trust, why are we buying it? To, we're not, nobody's buying it. Nobody's buying no, the the economic take. Yeah, the economic stimulus reason. No, and just, like, and why is that? Why and it, it, are we lose? Did is it because we don't give them the benefit of the doubt because of things like? bowing out of a bowl game. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? 
and or, or lots of talk of, around here, and then he goes and transfers. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what? You better it's get sort of us, like say one thing, do another. Right? You better We've get lost you, trust a little. You better get us now, or I hope the Big mm-hmm. Ten's got to adjust to us. And I mean, just too much talking, not enough action. Well, I don't buy it because look around the the grand landscape of college football. We haven't seen another team cancel an away game and go try to schedule an eighth home game to make more money. No other team has done that. And Nebraska being the the athletic power that it is, like I'm sure there's other schools in the country that are hurting much more than Nebraska financially. So why is Nebraska yeah. the school that's out here trying to go, oh, we need an eighth home game for economic reasons. Our, our athletic department's hurting. No, you're you're scared of leaving Norman, Norman Oklahoma with a one and two record. That's what it is. Or even an 0 and three record. Because yeah, you're, you're yeah. facing a tough opening game against Illinois. Let's be honest. They just kicked your ass at home this mm-hmm. year. And then you're playing a very good Buffalo team. <laughs> There's a very real chance you could be one and one after those two games. And then no one's giving Nebraska a chance to win this game. So then you're one and two leaving Norman, Oklahoma with an uphill task of just making a bowl game. Yeah, with Sparty and Ohio. It's, it's yeah. brutal next year. And you're up to see Mel Tucker. Yeah, go, go play and get better, <laughs> right? I mean, Nebraska fans aren't expecting... New Year's Day next year. They just want to see. You, you've been here long enough to get to a bowl game, and I'm also not in the train like where if next year's miserable, like three and nine miserable, where it's time to to nuke everybody because that's not gotten you where gotten you where you need to go either. You kept hitting reset on the old Nintendo game the last twenty years, and it's continued to push you back and back and back. You just ride this thing out, however unpleasant the storm may be, till it gets sunny again. It's just kind of where you got to be. And look, you, you again, going to the five-second discussion rule, <laughs> if this was Nebraska at Tulane, yes. no one would care. Right. No, right. Like, everybody would be like, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, great. Eighth home game at home. You know what I mean? Craig, like, you we can st- all know you this can is still almost add- a guaranteed loss, and we still want it to happen. Right, because of who it is. What does that tell you? Because of who it is. Yes. Did you love football like and you Nebraska, love high-level games? Yeah. If it was Nebraska Tulane, we'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah, forget it. Like, just don't go there and let's get another home game in. Sweet. Good idea, Bill Moose. But you know, this one? <sighs> what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I, you know, people, and people are all over the Moose. And is this something he came up with, an assistant of his came up with? Because I, I like Bill, right? And, 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 and the Moose is trying to get – you know, a shovel in the ground for this this football facility upgrade, right? And this can't help that. No. Okay. And and the other the other part of that too is God. is this the AD taking several bullets for his coach? I mean, I need more to this, and I need more than a, a statement seven hours after the fact or six hours after the fact. I need I, I need the AD and the head coach to sit down and lay out what's going on beyond a statement. And I know we've just whined about all the talking that's been going on, but I need oh Mike Babcock across the table from him asking him some some difficult questions. Yeah, Leg- I just le- need, legit. I need a competent football program. That isn't scared of playing whoever, wherever, and just goes and does that and competes in the fourth year of a of a regime. It's it's just sad. <laughs> That's what I need. Just That's, it's just right, sad. It's time. All right, so we um, 
we have exhausted this, and thank goodness for <laughs> Oklahoma forcing Nebraska's hand. We'll get more into this with Brandon Vogel in an hour, less than an hour, about 30 minutes. Gary Sharp is with us. Uh, our rewind coming up. I mean, this week started off all right. Ernest Hausman uh, committed to Nebraska. We talked with him. We also had a chance to get caught up with Coach Osborne and uh, at, at his uh, ceremony down in the Haymarket. So it's been a cool week. And then, <laughs> you know, we may be trading OU out for uh, Macaroni State. Stay tuned. Yesterday was nuts. Cranack, you got to be proud, man. You're Bell West all the way. You're a graduate. Uh, I saw, I've done a lot of games. I've been blessed to do a lot of games over the years. So many of those with you, with either Cox TV or or on some radio. And I, I probably had the most fun I've ever had in my life last night calling a triple overtime game between Bellevue West and and uh Creighton Prep and what a oh, right. what what a what a finish what a ball game what an effort and it's uh, Millard North Bell West for the uh, for the title tonight for Boys State yeah again yeah, I know it's in some serious talent there's you know, what at least five division 1 prospects on that floor tonight if not six or seven mm-hmm. <laughs> um and getting to watch Hepburn who's going to be off to Oklahoma Hunter Salas who's off to wherever the hell he wants to go to uh yeah it's pretty cool it's pretty cool to watch the and the and the style is cool yeah it's you, great you ball lot, you, you you know because you hear a lot chris about nebraska needs a shot clock mm-hmm. and i agree they do um not with these two teams <laughs> but if you're watching yeah if you're watching bellevue west and miller north it's like it's an unnecessary requirement <laughs> like because they they act like there's one anyways yep. they're not stalling the ball for two minutes uh, that'll be an exciting one for sure. It'll be good stuff. We'll have coverage here on ESPN Lincoln uh, right uh, before 7 o'clock. Myself and the coach, Jeff Smith. And uh, we will uh, hear from Ernest Hausman, part of that, uh, well, the recruit for 2022. And uh, that rewind portion coming up next on Hale Varsity Weekend. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. <laughs> With Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Let's bring in uh, Nebraska's uh, first recruit for 2021, standout linebacker with Columbus, Ernest Hausman, with us. Ernest, thank you for the the time today. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Well, take us through this process for you uh, when it comes to to Nebraska, your commitment and. You're a, a guy that had so many offers, and I know Nebraska was your first offer, but as you, you put kind of an evaluation sheet together, uh, kind of sifting through the pros and cons of every program, what was it that, that really stuck out about Nebraska that, that made it feel like not only was it time, but this was the best fit for you? Yeah, so, you know, with that spreadsheet, you know, it was, it was a combined questions from, you know, from my parents' standpoint. Um, and then as, uh, as well as my own um, and what I wanted. Um, and, you know, each question had a, like a different, varied uh, importance of it. And the main, the main question for me was uh, the, the mission of the team. Um, you know, it was a really cool process to be able to hear um, from great programs and um, their missions and then how they approach the missions. Um, you know, that was very key in my, recruit, my, my recruitment and what I looked at. 
And, you know, with Nebraska's mission, um, it, it, it aligned with what I wanted. Um, and then as well as um, all the other boxes they checked. And then with the timing of it all, um, I wanted to be respectful of the other coaches and their programs. Um, I wanted to have them focus on their uh, rookie rosters and fill in their spots. And I, I really wanted to commit to Nebraska and start building the 2022 class. Ernest Hausman's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, standout linebacker for Columbus High and the first recruit for 2022. You uh, made that pretty evident with, with being respectful. And uh, the recruiting process is wild, and it's more wild now with virtual visits versus in-person visits. And uh, go back to the mission here. What, what is your mission? What do you want to do in college uh, at the next level? What, what is your main goal? Um, my, my main goal is to be the best person I can be, um, you know, with athletics and then as well as off the field, um, you know, and, that, and I know that you got to give a lot back to your community. And, you know, with Nebraska, I, I felt like I could give a lot back to my community and make a big impact. I mean, I, I understand that football is more than just a game. Um, and, you know, it wasn't just a four-year choice. It was like a – it was my whole life choice. Um, I realized that these next four or five years – you know, they have a huge impact on your life. And I wanted to go to a place where I can make a big impact on people. And I thought Nebraska was it. Ernest, tell me a little bit about the Columbus community. You've grown up there and uh, you've been able to, to thrive there. What's the community meant to you? Uh, the community has meant a lot to me. Um, you know, it's a great community. Everyone's very friendly and neighborly. Um, you know, you could just you can go over and ring someone's doorbell. You know, they would welcome you in. Um, you know, they're very supportive. You know, they just support us all on Friday night. Um, you know, it's it was it's a great town. I wouldn't go up and rather go up in any town, you know, especially with my transition coming into America. Um, you know, they're very welcoming and understanding of what, what I've been through. And, you know, it was a very place that felt like home. Ernest, uh, Columbus isn't typically known as a recruiting hotbed. And you yourself, you, your uh, recruitment didn't really blow up until the last few months, really. Um, if you could take yourself back a year from today, c- did you see all this turning out with, with the amount of schools contacting you and offering you and you now uh, committing to Nebraska? Would you have ever expected this? Um, you know, I, would, I um, you know, with my goal, with my goal setting, um, it was obviously one of my goals to be, you know, highly recruited. Um, you know, I trust the process through it all. You know, I knew my time would come, and when then as soon as the uh, coaches would get a hold of my film, that it would start would start picking up. So ultimately, I just trusted the process and kept working hard, and knew the time would come. Ernest Houseman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, commit for Nebraska football 2022, linebacker from Columbus. Ernest, uh, what was the interaction and reaction like when you uh, told the coaches Friday that you were you were heading to Lincoln? Yeah, it was actually, you know, I kind of got the dates mixed up. I was so excited. It was actually Thursday night, actually, let them know. Um, but it was it was awesome. It was it's something i never forget, you know. Once I knew I wanted to commit to Moscow, I wanted to let them know that right away. You know, I got a hold of Coach Dylan, and I said, hey, can I get a Zoom call set up uh, with the coaches? And, you know, he, he, he said, absolutely. And he got that set up in an hour, and 
I got my whole family on it, and it was just an absolute, it was absolute joy. It was just amazing. Who have you been able to connect with on the Nebraska staff between the defensive side of the ball, Coach Frost? I mean, it sounds like it was a pretty big effort by the Nebraska coaches to, to be in contact with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the big factors I felt like in this recruiting and was different a lot of other schools, you know, it was a lot of, it was like a family at Nebraska. Um, I felt like the recruitment process was, you know, very different from others. Um, it wasn't just your position coach you're talking to. You were talking to other positions, offense, defense, everyone. You know, it just felt very family-like. And how they approached it went away, went their way with it. Um, you're just you're getting a lot of phone calls. You're just reaching out. They actually genuinely care about you. And, you know, I thought this place would be the best place for me. Ernest, let's talk about your transition from, from corner to outside backer, and you plan to play inside backer your senior year. How's that gone for you? Obviously well <laughs> defensively, but uh, just as far as, you know, gearing up and switching and, and being, being so versatile. Tell me about that ability to raise your game in different positions. You know, I, I really like challenges. You know, I, I really love that side of the game of football. You know, if I, you know, if I'm not challenging myself, you know, I'm not doing something right. Um, so, you know, switching the inside linebacker, you know, I know it's gonna be a very different part of the game. I gotta learn, but you know, I'm really excited. You know, I'm doing stuff right now to get myself prepared for that. You know, just physically and mentally as well. Um, I know that there's a lot of different reads you have to do and just a lot of different techniques stuff that I have to learn. But I'm very encouraged and I'm ready to learn it. Talking with the first commitment in the uh, Huskers class of 2020, excuse me, 2022, Ernest Hausman. And Ernest, you're a guy who put on a lot of weight last year to transition to outside linebacker, now making the move to inside backer. So I just want to ask you, well, what parts of your game are you working on as you approach your senior season and ultimately uh, as you approach stepping foot on Nebraska's campus? Um, for me, you know, um, always get bigger, faster, stronger. It's always um, something I'm always working towards. Um, but then, as well as the technique side, you know, I know there's a lot of different techniques they got to learn. So I'm, I'm going to be putting a lot of work into that this off season um, to get prepared for that. And as well as the mental side of the game, you know, um, I'm, I'm getting prepared right now for college as well. Um, you know, I, I know that's in my future. So I'll be, I'll be taking that mental part of the game really seriously now. Um, and just getting prepared for that. And Ernest, as you develop your game, are there any guys in the NFL or in college football that you, you look up to and you like to model your game after? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up a uh, Levante Davis fan, you know. Good answer. I, uh, yeah, I was, I was in a mall in Omaha, and this artist was, uh, had paintings um, that he drew, and one was of, was of Levante David, and I told my dad when I was younger that we should get that one he did, and you know, I've had that model ever since. Ernest, uh, with Nebraska, what do they want you at weight-wise? And do they want you to kind of be a hybrid inside-out, or has that been discussed yet? Yeah, you know, they really like my versatility and my speed. Um, you know, they want me to weight that I can still be able to move as efficiently as I am right now. Um, you know, they're not really worried about my weight putting on so much because, you know, it's my frame and just the rate I'm getting gaining weight at. So, you know, they want me around 230. Um, it's something that I know I can get to. Um, and, you know, I just want to, make, I want to make sure I can keep my speed and versatility that I have right now. When it comes to the, the state of Nebraska, there's a lot of in-state prospects, uh, not only last year, but this upcoming class. And tell me a little bit here. I got a couple of minutes left, Ernest, and it's been great to meet you and spend time with you. Uh, what, what do you want to do with this class as the, the first guy in with some of the other kids in-state? Well, I want to build this class, Absolutely. You know, I'm really looking forward to that. 
Um, you know, talking to the coaches as well. Um, you know, I'm really going to get, I'm going to go 100 miles an hour at this uh, building class part of it. I mean, I'm really excited about it. Um, I know that, you know, you got to get, get them kids that love the game, but as well have a great character um, and just uh, great people to be around. So I'm really excited about it. Ernest, before we let you go here, we got we got about a minute left with you. I just want to ask, are there any guys on the Huskers roster currently that you're looking forward to, to learning under and playing with? Um, I haven't had the chance really yet to look at that. You know, I'm still trying to digest what's going on right now. Um, but um, I will be in contact with the coaches as well, just to get on the same page as well as them, so that um, we can get a really good 2022 class. Ernest, uh, I, I, last thought, a second last thought, right? Uh, <laughs> with uh, with with early enrolling, is that something you're you're thinking about, or are you still up in the air on on when you'll get to Lincoln? Yeah, Marty, I've already made my decision that I'll be uh, I'll be attending there mid mid year. So I've already made that decision with my family, and we are getting. Um, everything needed to do that. So that's something I'm really looking forward to as well. Ornus, best to you. Thanks for the time. Congrats on your success and continued success. You. Appreciate your time today. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Ernest Hausman with us. Uh, standout for Columbus. Uh, just uh, one awesome linebacker and uh, the first commit for 2022 for Nebraska football. And uh, his uh, highlight film, incredible. And there's a lot of guys you get to watch on Friday nights under the lights that kind of make you go, wow. But he was one that we've had a chance to cover. And huge get for Nebraska. Michigan in on him. Iowa in on him. Northwestern in on him. Sparty was there. And uh, Nebraska the first. uh, They got it done. They got the commitment. Uh, Awesome kid. Wonderful family. And uh, best to him. to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Winding down this first hour, weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, at Mark Skurs, at Herbal Essence. And a reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. Are you looking for that new home? Are you trying to Move out of what you're in currently, West Blue Realty, westbluerealty.com is where you go. You mentioned Hale Varsity for a limited time. West Blue Realty can provide up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a shout, 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider, 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue, 1120 K Street, Suite 200 is where you find them. We spent a lot of this first hour talking uh, the Nebraska-Oklahoma debacle that still exists even though the game is on with the PR hit and the long-lasting remnants of this, well, this reputation now that Nebraska was trying to duck out of a big game against a Power 5 opponent, and it's a historical rival. Um, As a Nebraska fan... Uh, everyone to a T, and that's not just hyperbole, Act. there was no one that you bumped into that loves Nebraska football that was not incensed about this possibility. So there was it's, some, some yeah. there was a united front yesterday. <laughs> for Yeah, there was. And for as much talk as there is about a united front, about the, you know, the administration and the, and the fans and the coach all kind of rowing in the same direction. We're seeing fissures in that recently and that this doesn't help, you know, and I think you need to kind of get that back on track as best you can. You have a chance starting with the spring game, by the way, if they let fans in, which isn't Nebraska's 
decision ultimately it's a health decision right health officials decision mm. um but if you can let fans back in and everybody can kind of get back together you know chance to start new and that's sorely needed right now and look this chris all the pro all, like 95 percent of the problems that we talk about mm. with nebraska they're self-inflicted Yep, not just you know on the mean? field. Like, it's not stuff that happens to them. It's stuff they do to themselves. <laughs> and this stretches back so far across regimes and administrations. It's just like, dude, come on. Like, it's self-inflicted stuff that is avoidable. That this is, It's totally avoidable. It, this, the Oklahoma doc debacle was avoidable. Yeah, to play the game. Like, entirely. And, and it's just, you know, and now it's a debacle you have to deal with. Totally self-inflicted. Mark Cranach right there. We'll uh, hear from Brandon Vogel in 10 minutes. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he was 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio Weekend, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. It's been such a disorienting couple of days. Chris. It's been I nuts. Understand. It's been great, though, uh, last night. I don't even night. know who you are Last anymore. night, triple overtime, uh, high school basketball, uh, state championship Saturday today. Got a chance to uh, talk to Nebraska's recruit this week, see Coach Osborne. And now we, we end it with Brandon Vogel. Excited to say hi to Vogues at uh, Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. His book, Dream Like a Champion with John Cook. Vogues, in, in your sit-down with John Cook and the work you did on a incredible book, is there a chapter on opting out of top five opponents? No, uh, there's a lot of talk about structuring non-conference schedules to make sure you're ready to go through a rugged Big Ten. Um, I can point you to those sections if you'd like. But there's no, there was no opting out of potentially embarrassing loss on said schedule. No, strangely, that didn't come up. Um, and, you know, it, it, it looked like Nebraska volleyball was, <laughs> on the brink of losing last night. But, you know, they, they found a way to stick in and uh, came away with a win against undefeated Ohio State. So you just got to keep uh, keep plugging away. That's that's the best way to say it. Vogues, take us through uh, how you were able to observe, reflect, and your takeaway from the uh, six and a half. I feel like this is the Nebraska version of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh uh, except it's football and it wasn't you know nuclear war in the, or the early 60s but how do you ballpark this yesterday what are your thoughts and feelings here of the mcmurphy tweet the silence from nebraska and the insinuation uh that listen nebraska just wanted to wave the white flag with this thing it just didn't have to happen if in 2006 if bill callahan had been able to get out of that usc game that team probably goes undefeated, wins the Big 12. He's probably still the head coach. Nebraska's still in the Big 12. And there's no reason to avoid Oklahoma because you play them every couple of years. 
No, I mean, it's just hard to, like, follow the logic of this. I mean, everyone understands, hey, um, getting a, a, another home game would be nice. But with the way the schedule is structured, you, you don't have that option. Because the only option was to replace a trip to Oklahoma, which is not a viable option. So it was just, it was just bizarre. Honestly, like, on paper, I can look at a lot of reasons that this current Nebraska era is not quite as far behind as it may seem based solely on the record. Yesterday really shook my confidence in that because while all those things are still there on paper, this feels like a mess to even entertain this idea. Brandon, thank you. That is exactly right. We were talking in the opening segment today about it's, I mean, it's sort of like the five second rule. Like if you say it out loud, it shouldn't take more than like three to five seconds to determine that that's a horrible idea. Let's move on. That's not happening. But it's sort of like Black Friday, you know, in the in the boardroom with Eichhorst and whoever else was in that room making that decision however many years ago. Like when you say, should we get out of Nebraska versus Iowa only game on national television day after Thanksgiving tradition for Nebraska since the – you know, mid nineties of playing on that. Like, no, you should not move on next. Like end of discussion. This is one of those things too, right? Yeah. I mean, like petitioning the NCAA for a 13th game, which honestly wouldn't be a bad idea because everybody's in this boat. Um, I mean, you worry about wear and tear, of course, but like a lot of athletic departments, if you could set up, uh, let everybody play an extra game. And split the revenue 50-50. You got to have the one home team, of course, but instead of the traditional payouts, like split it, give everybody a little bit of help. I mean, that's, that's the thing. After the year that everyone has been to on multiple fronts, uh, which includes sports and, and college sports, like everyone gets it. Like everyone understands that, yeah, there's a little bit of everybody's got to do what's best for them, but you just not this opponent, not this game. I mean, the uproar over over losing Black Friday against Iowa at a time when you know a lot of people were still reticent to even acknowledge Iowa as a rival. Uh, well, here's the one that Nebraska has traditionally had, and yeah, that's it's you know gone into hibernation because they're not in the same conference anymore, which is too bad. But Oklahoma and Nebraska just holds a special mystique, um, and that's why you know, on a day where it's really the only only news in college football, you saw everybody jumping in on it. Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, I just want to ask an opinion question of you. Um, with this news coming out yesterday, where do you think it came from? Was this a, a football team thing? Was this a, an athletic director thing? I mean, it, it just doesn't seem to make much sense to me whenever you know what Nebraska fans care about and how much this game was important to them. So, so where do you think it came from? Um, I mean, so there's probably two options there. Uh, one, McMurphy heard it from a team that was contacted by Nebraska. That's possible. Um, but in terms of who would have the most incentive to uh, drop a little anonymous note to a very well-known and respected national college football reporter uh, is Oklahoma. You know, and it's not just home game revenue, um, which you know is is for the athletic department, but the city of Norman. You know, 
you're talking about how, who knows how many, 15,000, 20,000 Nebraska fans coming down there, staying in hotels, eating at restaurants. Like the financial incentive for Oklahoma to keep this game is huge. You don't replace that by you know, Nebraska saying, sorry, not sorry, we're out, and you schedule Western Illinois. So I don't know, but just logically, uh, I would be willing to guess this was probably Oklahoma saying, hey, we have a card here to play, and they played it. And I don't, I don't blame them at all for that. Vogues, with the, the mentality piece here, and, and you can go through the statistics. We can talk stop rate. We can talk, talk the amount of yards Nebraska piles up and the empty calories with yards versus points. We can get into experience and system. We can get into schematics, all of that. But when it comes to the psychological part of things, to me, that's that's what I'm I'm carrying with me forward here. This is a loud statement about just where the confidence level is. It, it feels like if you're trying to tap out of this game, you can spin it financially and economically, and that's that's real. But this is this is 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 running and hiding, and and I can't. For the life of me, if I'm a player, <laughs> who am I playing for, man? I mean, what, what what's going on here? I mean, that that's like, that reverberates. And, and, and I don't know if that can be forgiven or forgotten moving forward here if you're trying to tap out of this ballgame, this matchup. It, it's, it's, it's really tough. And, you know... As the silence continued yesterday, I mean, that, that news came out Eight about in the morning. an hour, 20, 24 hours ago, um, almost. And as the silence went on, you're like, well, what's Nebraska going to do? Are, are, because they're not saying something, does that mean they're just going to go ahead? And, like, the big unanswered question here, and, you know, something we're trying to track down, and I'm sure a lot of others are, is, like, how serious were these discussions? Was it just an idea? Like, it, it, potentially got got far enough along to be floated to Oklahoma and some potential opponents. Like, I don't think Nebraska was set on, necessarily set on doing it and was just waiting to for everything to line up. Um, but I don't know. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a big question. And you're, you're right. Like, there's, there's a lot of stats. I spend a lot of time looking at those. Um, I mean... <laughs> Nebraska, over the last three years, has, has won as many plays. It's won more plays than Minnesota has. And, and, but look at the records of, of those two. For, for coaching tenures that started one year apart. Um, so you can look at things like that. And I, I've had previously uh, and say, hey, it's, you know, there's, there's something here. Some things are working. And it sort of backs up a lot of the talk, you know, particularly from the head coach, of like, hey, things are close. I know it doesn't look like it. Things are close. Things are close. I wrote about it in December for the December issue of the magazine. Like, I largely buy that stuff, and, and now, like, it, it, none of you know those things are all still true, but it's just harder. It seems like the the problems around it, or the tension around it, however you want to term it, that have prevented Nebraska from having a winning percentage like Minnesota or Texas or Baylor, because it's one more plays than all of those teams too over that span. Hmm. Um, they seem a lot bigger and more severe now to me, I guess is the best way to put it. And the common thread through all of it, Brandon, if you're to boil it down, 
and I'm just curious, like how do you, how do you reverse this? But it's, it's self-inflicted harm, <laughs> right? Like I tweeted yesterday kind of in jest, but like Nebraska needs therapy because 95% of its issues are self-inflicted. And it seems like you have numbers to back that up, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you, you're telling me that they win more of their plays, like they're successful on more of their plays than their opponent is, but they still figure out a way to lose because of self-inflicted crap. I, yes, they, they, are, they have been better than that over the last few years than Oklahoma State, than Miami. Like, I mean, they're not Alabama-Clemson. No, nobody's saying that. But they're virtually the same. They've won the same amount of plays as Iowa has over the last three years. And, and look so, at the difference in records. Yeah, and then so and publicly, so, sort of like in the PR realm, they just wade right into issues. <laughs> right? Like, this, didn't, this Oklahoma thing didn't have to happen. Neither did, um, you know, neither did the, the opting out of the bowl game and neither did, you know, no doubt in my mind, Luke's the future around here comments. And then he trained like, it's just get out of your own way. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't even know what else to say anymore. I, do you think we've just reached the point here in year four where it's just like, dude, you just have, I mean, you just have to win now. There's just there's been too much talk, too many blunders. Too much say one thing, do another. That it's just it's people are just tired of it. Yeah, I think it, I think it does up up the pressure a little bit. I didn't personally look at this year four as as a make or break year, and I, I don't think I still do. But it feels it feels closer to that because you know this game's on now, and it's going to. I mean, Nebraska's going to take it on the chin from, from Twitter people making jokes. I mean, that, that happened instantly. It's going to continue through the offseason. It's going to pick up steam the, the week of that game in, in a really big way. And your only, like, your only way out at this point is to, is to go and play well. I mean, you just got you just got to show up and do it. Um, because like the, the, the Twitter, the Twitter, the Twitter mob is going to have his pitchforks and, uh, torches at the ready, just waiting for, you know, Oklahoma to, to jump out 21 to seven in that game. And, and, you know, you put, you, you did that to yourself. Like if, if you don't explore this, if, if this or if you explore it and this news doesn't get out. Okay. Like, nobody's expecting, I don't think Nebraska to go in there and I think we got a great shot to beat Oklahoma. We don't know. It's, it's so far out at this point, but Oklahoma per per SP plus initial rankings would be about a 17 point favorite in that game. Now it feels like if that line was open and taking public money, it's probably up over 24, 25 points because you just gave Oklahoma an incredible incentive to, <laughs> to leave Spencer Rattler in that game as long as possible um, <laughs> and, and run it up. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to hose us with a home game. We're going to leave our our quarterback phenom in for an extra quarter, and we're going to keep throwing deep, Vogues. Although, I mean, it, it's have, <laughs> Go ahead. I, I was going to say, although, have you guys seen that the team's been lifting weights? Jeez, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, I, saw oh, the, I saw the box jump this morning. By Omar, it's it's awesome. That's great. He's he's jumping. I don't know what are we talking four feet hurdles on. on... Here's the thing. By the way, look, we're, we're everybody's a little kind of salty right now. But like, 
I don't have any doubt that they're doing the right things in the weight room. I have not doubted that, doubted that for a second. I mean, really, like the team looks like they're in so much better shape. The, the amount of weight they're moving around is that's fantastic. And that's like one twentieth of what you got to do <laughs> to win football games. I got a better right? question. I mean, can can we get Foreman and Peter to give a code red? Whoever the hell came up with this? <laughs> I'm going to guess they were consulted. I'm no, I know, but they they can sure they can sure react. <laughs> they should have been consulted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Peter and Foreman yeah. need to hand out a code red. Colonel Jessup styled, whoever came up with this idea about thinking about dropping the game. Is that, is that too much to ask on a Saturday? <laughs> that might be, that might be the, in a, uh, an addendum or a fail-safe to, to Mark's five-minute rule of just call Jay and say, hey, Jay, we're thinking about dropping Oklahoma. What do you think about that? And just and, and see how that goes. Who said um, it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like there are still reasons to. I get, one of, a big picture worry for me with this is, you know, none of the players act, asked for this. They are they were just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you ask them, you know, they'd be like, yeah, we're super excited to go play in one of the historic venues in college football and and take our shot. Um, if you, if you pulled the majority of Nebraska fans and said, Hey, would you like to swap out the Oklahoma game to have an extra, extra home game? I'm guessing that would be almost unanimously voted down, you know, and and that's the part that worries me is that there are so many stakeholders in Nebraska football who have no say in this whatsoever. And, and, and that's a problem. I, I do fear that it erodes some trust. Time will help by the time we get to, you know, spring football, the spring game, like everything passes, but this has the potential to just kind of linger there as an undercurrent for, for quite a while. I this think. is a fart in the car. <laughs> <laughs> nice clam bake reference. Okay. Uh, Mark, Mark, I don't, I don't want to jump ahead of you, but I, I want to ask Brandon, like, do you think that somebody's got to, step forward from the Husker Athletic Department and answer some tough questions? It feels like it's been a while since somebody's really sat down and, and had a tough interview and answered some t- tough questions, but is, is this the 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 kickstarter to, to getting that going? Because, I mean, I don't think Frost has had, what, one interview since the, the season ended? Um, Moose has had one sit-down with, with Mitt Sherman. It just feels like nobody's been answering the tough questions. Yeah, I mean, you know... <laughs> Moose tends to be pretty available um, when, you know, we, we, Derek Peterson has had one-on-one interviews with a, with a handful, with, with him a handful of times. And, and I'll give them, give them credit. Uh, Bill Moose is, is pretty accessible for those things. You know, football has continued to draw inward, I feel. Um, I think we will see that again uh, this spring. Uh, last, you know, last year it, it was an opportunity to just kind of quietly do your work because, well, for a long time players weren't even on campus, and when they were, you know, safety concerns. And before any of this happened, I worried that that might become more of the norm just because everybody had gotten by um, with with less access. This. The silence yesterday shows, like, I think the best thing Nebraska could do is come out and say, Monday, hey, Bill Moose and Scott Frost are here to tell you their perception. They're going to tell you how far these things got and just be open with it and, and kind of put it to bed a little bit. 
I don't think they will. Um, in fact, I, I fear that this kind of raises the wall a little bit uh, around the football program, which is an understandable response, but I fear that if that happens, it's the wrong response. Mm. Vogues, real quick, uh, your takeaway with Nebraska volleyball and uh, kind of their momentum right now. Yeah, they, you know, last night was the good and the bad. Uh, they're still kind of finding their way to, to come out and be on full-time from, from the get-go. That said, you, you also got to see, um, you know, when they got rattled a little bit, they were able to win three straight matches and, 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 and take that take the – Take or three straight games and, and take that match. So, still impressive. We know what the expectations are annually for Nebraska volleyball, and we know that this this group so far looks like they're right there. I mean, they are a Final Four national championship caliber team. They've got to get a little bit more consistent. I think you know, you get into the tournament and you just one of those one of those. You don't want to be falling down 0-2. I mean, I think everybody knows that, but. They're just not quite as totally consistent. But when they turn it on, they show you their ceiling is still super, super high. Vogue, thanks for your time on this today. Good to get caught up with you. And we'll check in. Uh, well, these guys will check in next uh, Saturday with you. I will be uh, losing a golf ball. But appreciate you, man. Good insight on, on the Nebraska-Oklahoma fiasco. Appreciate you. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, Brandon Vogel, Thanks, managing editor, HailVarsity.com and magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. On Twitter, quick time out, the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp is next. It's Hail Varsity Weekend. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. We're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then... Two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Back with your weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery Championship Saturday. We'll have uh, Bell West Millard North tonight at 7. Uh, be on the call with Coach Jeff Smith. It was uh, wonderful to see uh, the Iron Horse yesterday at PBA, Gary Sharp. Sharpie, how good was that triple overtime thriller, man? You've seen a lot of games. Where does it rank? Yeah, it was uh, one of the all-time greats. Uh, you know, you had two extremely well-coached teams, uh, two teams that know each other so well, and high-level talent on both uh, Bellevue West and Prep side. It was a uh, it was a classic. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's great that there were sixty-one hundred people in there and taking every available seat in the atmosphere that it was. But just imagine if you could pack the place you'd have the fire marshal show up. Uh, it was so popular, but kudos to both. It was a, a great game. It was a great showcase of where Nebraska high school basketball has uh, gone, and it uh, should be uh, round two tonight. That'll be, that'll be, there's a, there might be a tension convention with Millard North after what happened last year. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Bellevue West, they are there. Both of those teams last night, um, and, and the, the top three teams in the state are pretty clear, but those two teams last night, they're tough. I mean, they don't, they don't, they're going to be a they're going to be a tough out for Millard North just because. And people say, "Well, they didn't get home until after midnight." Well, look at their kids. Okay, they'll be okay. It's probably their last game for some of them. Um, they'll be fired up tonight. But it'll be it'll be another great showcase for high school basketball in the state of Nebraska, guys. Well, how about the two coaches too? By the way, I mean, how long are those guys? Where do they have combined? Fifty years, Woodard and Cannon. Yeah, I, 
you know, and, and then Doug with Bell West trying to win another state title. Um, you know, he's, he, he continues to get the most out of his team, and that program has grown. And then, you know, Tim Cannon's had an incredible uh, coaching career of high school basketball in the Omaha area, and the one thing that's missing, all of the victories, all the players that he has sent on to the next level, no state championship. Uh, and, you know, and I know that sticks with him after what happened last year. You're up 14, and Bellevue West goes on a 16-love run, and they win the state title, and they take it away from you. You know, they played with a little chip on their shoulder of late because people have been pegging Bell West to uh, win back-to-back state titles. So he's, he's found the right button to push with his team. They're kind of a light-switch team, guys, with Miller North. When they want to play, they're scary. But sometimes they'll, get, they'll look like they're disinterested. I don't think so tonight. I think we'll get 32 minutes of uh, some interesting basketball. But you're right, those are two legends. And you know what? And I'll throw Josh Lutkey in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a great success. He's a state championship coach. And also consider, guys, he lost his father on Thursday yeah. morning and didn't want to tell anybody. He did not want it to get out. You know, Coach Woodard, who's got a great relationship with Josh, they spent a lot of time together in the summer with summer basketball. Um, you know, he mentioned it. And uh, I think everybody had uh, Josh's uh, and his family's thoughts and prayers uh, last night as he was coaching with a heavy heart. And then you go through that kind of a game. Um, that was a tough one, but what a great showcase. Gary Sharp's with us, the Iron Horse, Hale Varsity Radio. Sharpie, uh, how did you absorb yesterday uh, with the Nebraska-Oklahoma uh, topic of discussion, the McMurphy report, the silence from Nebraska, and then finally the statement from Nebraska. And uh, how, do you, how do you put your arms around it? Well, there's no other way to spin it, guys, than it was a bad day for the PR machine of Nebraska athletics. Just That was not a good look at all. Uh, it, uh, you know, it's a case where Brett McMurphy did his job. I, I think Oklahoma probably got a hold of Brett McMurphy or somebody and said, hey, this is what's possibly happening to this game. And Brett does his work, and he gets the details, and he tweets that out, and Nebraska probably went, uh-oh, this wasn't supposed to get out. Somebody dined us out. And you saw what happened afterwards. Oklahoma quickly responded. You know, Nebraska had silence. Uh, it got all the way up the flagpole. You know, Ronnie Green's office is getting calls. The Board of Regents are getting calls. People are calling Bill Moose's office. that are just regular fans because that game was created for the fans, guys. You know, Tom Osborne's last thing out the door was, as an athletic director, was let's do this on the 50th anniversary of the game of the century. Let's, let's do two separate home-and-homes with Oklahoma for the fans, because that's what the fans want. And fans were not happy yesterday. And it's just it's, it's another thing, guys, where you probably, at the end of the day, after Nebraska put out their statement, which was the right thing to do, you probably said, it's not a surprise this continues to happen. It's just bad PR, and it's another gut punch, and it's another you know, laughing stock of college athletics for a good six, seven hours. Gary Sharp is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And here's the other, Gary, it just seems like the, the common theme, and I just want to get your commentary on this. Um, it's less of a question and more of just observation. Would love to hear your reaction. 95% of what Nebraska deals with is self-inflicted, whether it's PR, whether it's on the field. How the hell do they get out of that, out of that ridiculous cycle? Because, and do you agree with that statement? I do, and it's not just recent. It's been for a while that it's more reactive than proactive, and as hard as they try and as many as talented people that are in the athletic department to create good vibes, it's one thing like yesterday that erases a lot of those good vibes. Um, How do they get out of it? 
win? Is that the easiest thing to say? Is if you win in your major men's sports that you can have flubs along the way and they're not as noticeable as flubbing when you've won 12 football games in three years? No, it, it's... It, it's a it's a major situation, and they're they're trying to to win on the field. They're accumulating talent. They're trying to develop, but Crane, uh, Sharpie, and Crane, the answer isn't to to opt out of a top five showdown. I know they're not ready to to compete at that level. At least we don't think so, right? Right now, but Here, here's guys. This is this is how this could have been handled better. I understand Nebraska's financials, and I truly believe that if you look at this schedule, it's a really kind of an odd schedule because of the front end and the back end. The back end, you play six of your last eight games at home. On the front end, when they move the game from Dublin, Ireland, and this is when I think this idea started um, because you were looking at true road games. When they move the game back to campus in Champaign, I think that's when this process started of going, Man, we've got three true road games in our first four. This is a weird schedule. Can we break this up? Okay, if that's the case, I understand. But what you need to happen is, first of all, you can't allow this to be leaked out. If you're trying to go behind something, you get Oklahoma on board. Wouldn't we have been a lot better yesterday if it comes to fruition that Nebraska needs to add an eighth home game, but Oklahoma is on board, and all they've done is – they're still going to play next year, and then Nebraska will go to Norman like in 27, but that 29-30 is still on the books. Mm-hmm. If that would have happened, we would have been okay. Okay, Oklahoma's fine with it. But it just looked like Nebraska was trying to move around Oklahoma, and then they were going to get this eighth game, and then they were just going to announce it out of the blue, and there would have been extreme outrage that this got out and they had a backtrack, and now they're sticking with the game, which at the end of the day is the right thing to do. But it's just a rocky way to get there. And how many times have we said that going back to Mark's uh, question earlier? Yeah, Gary Sharp is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. So, look, the game is on. Um, Nebraska's schedule is what it is. It looks – has. I mean, strength of schedule-wise has to be top five most difficult. I think uh, so. How much of that – so wh- where do you weigh in on that? When, when you look at – Nebraska needs wins, obviously – for, for Moose and Front, like, they need wins. They need to get wins. This does not look like a sure win. How do you balance sort of the, the competitive spirit versus stark reality of needing Ws and needing to get to a bowl game? And where do you think how, – how much do you think that weighed on this decision? Uh, I think a little bit. But do you guys think that this was separate, not together? hey, we may have to explore an eighth game. We'll get back to you. They tell that to the football side. CFO side goes and pursues a football game to make some money. And then you go, uh, okay. Because how do you explain this to your, your players who come to Nebraska to play big games? Mm-hmm. And also when you think you're close and that this year could be the breakthrough, I think it's a golden opportunity for Nebraska. They're going to be double-figure underdogs, okay? They're going to face a guy who might be the number one pick in the 2022 draft in Spencer Rattler. It is Oklahoma, top-five team. But what an opportunity for Nebraska to go down there and prove to people that the program is ready to turn the corner. you got guys in that room that love to compete. That would be tough to tell them, guys, we're going to compete on September 18th against Old Dominion. And, and some guys are going to go, the band? 
and they're going to have to say no. The the Monarchs, the football team. It just that that was. I I don't know. I'm still trying. To, the morning after, guys, I'm still trying to figure out how we got to that point yesterday. For six to seven hours, this state was ablaze, and this fan base once again was taking a gut punch, just completely out of the blue. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I look at Oklahoma's schedule. They have not played. I'm intrigued by. We, we've seen what the Big 12 has kind of devolved into. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's sort of a defense optional league, right? Save for Iowa better. State and Kansas State, right? Who are, mm-hmm. right? And they're a thorn in the Big 12 uh, kind of powers side. Oklahoma hasn't played a Big 10 team in a long time. I, I, I went back four years, didn't see one. Um, Nebraska returns a lot of its defensive line. Which is kind of where the Big Ten makes its hay is offensive. Indeed. Look, I think Oklahoma is going to be a double-digit favorite. I think they'll win by double digits, but I think I don't think it'll be that easy for their offense. I don't think they're accustomed to the sort of style that they're going to see against Nebraska. Uh, I, I think I think the last time Mark they played a Big Ten team was uh, when they had the home and home with Ohio State, the Baker Mayfield trying to plant mm-hmm. the flag. Um, and prior mm-hmm. to that, Ohio State went down to Norman and just routed uh, the Sooners. The league is getting better defensively. Oklahoma at the tail end of last year was much better defensively. Alex Grinch finally found the right pieces. Uh, so they're trying, you know, that's the thing. That's the, the last thing to fix for OU before they can you know, win playoff games. Uh, I think they're lethal. Uh, I think this is this is, this is a heck of a matchup for anybody. But you look at Oklahoma, and you know, maybe that offense is, uh, you know, needs a, a little bit of a learning curve, but they do have an influx of nice portal talent. They've got a couple of games before Nebraska plays them. And, and that's the thing. If I'm OU, that's why I was upset, because OU structured their schedule with the Nebraska home game. Uh, you, know, in, you, you, don't get, you, get a, you get a conference where you play a round robin, but remember, one of your home games every year is essentially a neutral site game at the Cotton Bowl with Texas. And their schedule, they don't have a lot of home games. So, you know, if you lose a home game, because then no thought was, okay, why don't you just flip? Oklahoma comes to Lincoln this year, Nebraska goes to Norman next year. Well, that would really mess up Oklahoma's schedule. Uh, Oklahoma's legit. I, I think this, is, this will be one of, if not the best, Lincoln-Riley team that he's had. Um, you know, you look at who they got at running back from Tennessee. They've gotten some really good talent on defense. I think the dismissal or the separation from uh, Buki uh, will help their defensive backs as well. Uh, they're, they're, they're a national championship team. But, again, what a great opportunity for Nebraska. The narrative is not going to be there this offseason. It's going to be really quiet. They're probably going to be fifth in the West. What an opportunity to go to Norman and prove yourself and show that you're making progress and you're headed in the right direction. Gary, with with the talent of this Oklahoma team in mind, do, do you buy the statement that was released by Bill Moose yesterday saying this was a, a financial deal uh, and it wasn't about what was going to happen on the field? Or, or do you think Nebraska was trying to avoid getting a beat down from Oklahoma? Well, I think the, the, real, the, the realistic part, you look at it and you go, man, if we lose that game and it gets sideways, man, what does that do for the rest of the season? That's, that's a legit concern. But I do believe that financials, Nebraska's looking at a hole, and they're trying to get that eighth home game. Here's the other thing that I wondered yesterday, guys, and, and I don't know if you agree with me or not. Part of what I'm hearing what Nebraska might be doing, and I'm thinking purely financials, is they have gotten word from the Big Ten that 
they're not going to be able to have a full stadium throughout the year. And so they're trying to plan ahead if that is the scenario that is presented in the middle of the summer by the Big Ten, that you can't have 90K in Lincoln, which is another financial hole if you can only have 60K or whatever. But they were looking at that. I, I, I just this, this is one of those things when you, when you go down this road, I think you use a private third party so it can't be traced back to you. Or you're up front with everybody that is involved because – there were no MAC teams that had spots available on the 18th. Old Dominion has a game scheduled on the 18th. Granted, money talks, you can move those games. But then remember, if you do this to OU, you would have probably had to do the buyout, which is very small. But I would think help find Oklahoma a team to play on the 18th as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets pretty layered, doesn't it, with, with just trying to move this. Um, but, but, thank, but thankfully, at the end of the day, Nebraska, the fans are still going to get what we want. It's going to be Nebraska-Oklahoma. It's going to be really cool. They're doing a lot of cool events around the game with former players from that game, former coaches that have been involved in the rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get that game. It's, it's there. But what if Brett McMurphy had not tweeted yesterday and instead at 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon you get a release that says Nebraska is playing Old Dominion on September 18th. Place would still be on fire. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 that's, well, that's... And, and, and I got I got this on my show, guys. Yesterday, people were first of all, people were livid. I mean, there's basketball going on for four hours. We talk about this on the air. Is mm-hmm. that would have been the case? I think it would have been awful tough for people to come into the stadium on the 18th mm-hmm. uh, to watch Old Dominion. I mean, that might have been the day that the sellout streak uh, was in major jeopardy. No, big big time, absolutely. And, and I still think as you move forward, fans, you still get what you want. You're making the roadie down to Norman, but you're ticked about it. There's a little bit uh, a shine off of it, and it was already going to be a tough ball game. Anyway, I'm just saying for, from the uh, the hearts and minds standpoint, if, if you're not just a Nebraska football fan, but if, if you're in those those weight training sessions, if you're a player, I mean – I need, to, I need to hear from my head coach yeah. as to why the hell this was even a thought. This is, and it, and it goes back to optics. What do the optics look like? The optics look bad. Mark, how would you like to be the media person that the first time you have availability with Scott Frost, you have to ask him, hey, why are you guys not playing the Oklahoma game? Do you think he'd really want to answer that? No. He yeah, needs to look. answer why it was considered to not play it. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just... Well, so, so let's, we're, we're doing all these scenarios. Again, at the end of the day, Nebraska did the right thing, but mm-hmm. why did we have to get to this point? Um, is if you, if, you, if you look at it, um, they, they did the right thing. They got to the right decision. But was there any part that also you guys thought, what's going on in the athletic department in this scenario is different from football and they're not on the same page? We've seen quite a bit of that, haven't we? You know, because and that was the big talk when when Frost came in. Is hey, everybody's going in the same direction now. President, AD, coach, fans, all united. Um, You're seeing major major signs of that not being the case, Uh, and it's yeah, we're we're idiots if we if we see that otherwise. Because you guys saw the, and I thought it was funny. The, the football account tweet um, that had the calendar that had the game still on it, mm-hmm. and it had a text message that said, 
you're really backing out of the Oklahoma game. Ugh. So it was kind of a funny tweet, but it disappeared pretty quick after it was uh, tweeted out. That was that was interesting. I mean, I think it was on Twitter for two seconds and then gone. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was I thought it was funny. At the end of the day, Nebraska Oklahoma are still playing, guys. We can all still go to Norman to have a great time, and, and you know they're looking forward to having a full stadium out in Norman and, and all of what's going to go into that weekend to celebrate the 50th anniversary of one of the greatest games in college football. It's just a pattern of finally got to the right thing. But, man, why did it have to be so choppy to get to that point with a fan base that has taken so many gut punches? Sharpie, a couple minutes here before we got to say goodbye. Uh, Husker baseball doing their thing on the hill and with the power alley again. And uh, what a what a start for, for Coach Bolt and his crew. You know what? They, they lost against Purdue, and they could have easily won the season opener last Friday. And you saw that they relied on pitching. And Cade Povich, a good bounce back yesterday to strike out 12. Max Anderson, a freshman from Millard West. Thank you to Rob Childress uh, for uh, rosters being backed up and so that Max had to stay close to home. <laughs> and he's crushing the baseball. They just, they again, one through nine, they got a really good lineup. They are a tough out. And if they continue to get good pitching, starters, middle relievers, closers, uh, to make up for the loss of Gomez, I mean, this is a team that's really, really good. This is a team that definitely shouldn't have been out of the top six in the uh, Big Ten uh, preseason poll. And they, have, they haven't committed an error in four games. <laughs> you know. Right? Well, is, I mean, is this a contender? A, is this a Big Ten contender? Because, uh, you know, a lot of folks didn't think they were. I think so because – and I thought that. I, you, know, you look at one through nine in the lineup, they got guys that are contact hitters. they got guys with speed. They're hitting a little bit more home runs. they got some gap power. I mean, they've constructed a really good lineup. It's always been what's going to happen with the starting pitching, and then once they're done, uh-oh, bullpen. I think Will has really constructed this roster well. They've got depth, um, and they've got some good front-line starters. So if you're playing four-game series in the conference, boy, what an advantage to, to win on your first two and then try and split in those last two or sweep. But the whole part of it is winning series. This is a this is a really good team, and gosh, it would be a shame if the Big Ten doesn't allow Nebraska to work with the Lincoln Health officials to have some type of fans in Haymarket Park because the way this team plays, you guys know this, they're exciting to watch. People people are embracing this team. Well, it, it is awesome to see Husker baseball off to such a great start, and let's pray that the Big Ten – Allows some sort of fandom. Well, and it's good to see Nebraska baseball off to a good start because, guys, when we roll this over and we get through spring football, which begins at the end of the month, and we go into the offseason, then we're going to go into the 21-22 athletic calendar, which is, concerning the two main men's sports, the most important year ever in Nebraska athletics because of those two that have to win, that have to turn the corner. You remember, you're, you're supposed to start churning dirt and building a facility that raises hope. You've also got multimedia rights that are brought in-house, so you've got to go out and sell the brand. You've got name, image, likeness hanging over college athletics. I, mean, I think the next year, when we start back up in the fall, is the most important year for Nebraska athletics to get things turned around, get hope, get, get people excited, and then move things forward instead of being stuck where they are right now. Because I don't know how much longer this whole fan base can go where apathy doesn't really set in. Not just football, men's basketball, but towards the athletic department. Gary Sharp. Sharpie, we'll see you down to PBA tonight, bud. Thanks for the time today. 
Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, look, Gary Sharp Chris, with us. Chris, there's always pressure. Mm-hmm. Always pressure. But I think he's right. What he just I, laid I out is, is massive pressure. Diamond, yeah, massive. diamond building pressure. Yeah, so how do they? Res- how does Nebraska respond to that? How does how do you coach through that? How does that affect your decisions all across the board, in game, out of game? Because you're right, it's it's ramping up this year. Well, right? I there's no question about it. I know if I'm just kind of staring at, at the coaches down there at Nebraska, I know there's a few I'm I'm in on right now that I think can handle pressure, and there's some that no, they can't. Let's All right. see, right? We'll, we'll be back Monday for Hale Varsity. Have a good weekend. Cranach, be good, bud.